Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Divi Chat. Each week, the brightest minds from all over the world get together to share their knowledge and expertise of running businesses and developing work websites with WordPress and Divi. Tonight, you'll be listening to episode 20, where we'll be discussing for updating Divi websites. Get used to that. Uh, let's get chatting. But before we do, let's meet tonight's panel. Hi, Leslie. Hi, uh, I'm Leslie Burnell of A Girl in Her Mac. And um, you can find me at a girl in her Mac dot design. Fantastic. Hi, Olga. Well, hi, guys. Uh, Olga Samarhes here from uh, Internet Imagination Web Design. And you can find me and my work or contact me through my website, internetimagination.com.au. Awesome. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can find me on my website, endure.com.au, or Endure Web for Twitter and Facebook. Fantastic. Hi, Shannon. Hey, I'm Shannon Schaefer with Purple Finch Studios. You can find me on Facebook at Purple Finch Studios. Awesome. I'm a good friend, Tim. Hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here. And you can find me at timstreifler.com and divilife.com. Fantastic. And my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios. And you can find us at all the things Aspen Grove Studios. Uh, tonight's uh, going to be a great topic specifically for Divi Chat. We're going to discuss our processes for updating Divi websites. Um, best practices we do individually may vary depending on the type of site that we have. For example, if you have a site that's a brochure website and it's just front facing and never really changes, your update process may be a little bit different than an e-commerce site who's making multiple sales a day, um, you know, as far as your procedures and stuff. So. Let's get tonight's topic kicked off with procedures for updating Divi sites. Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, yeah. I nominate Tim. I nominate Tim. Yeah. Well, I was going to say ladies first, but there's Aww. more ladies than men. So <laughs> um, I, I think it goes without being said. However, we're going to say it and say it a lot. Um, backing up. Uh, should be and is uh, part of, I think, everyone here's process for updating. Um, so that's always step one for me. Uh, before I do anything major to a site, um, changing a theme, um, which I don't know why I said that because I never change the theme because it's always Divi. Um, but updating themes, updating plugins, updating WordPress, it always starts with a backup. And so my kind of uh, general process is I'll always do uh, a fresh backup. And then I'll typically start with the theme. So I'll, I'll, I'll update Divi first. Um, and then I'll move on to plugins. And then I'll move on to uh, WordPress if there's a, a WordPress update. And typically what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of check it at each stage. So after I update Divi, I'll go and I'll check the site, make sure everything looks good. Nothing you know major is screwed up on the site. Then I'll update uh, the plugins. If there happens to be a lot of plugins, maybe I'll do some of the, the major ones first, check the site. Um, do the rest of the plugins, and then I'll do WordPress. And so I'll kind of check the site in between each stage of updates just to make sure I didn't break anything. Um, and the benefit of having a, a backup in place, a fresh backup, is if something happens and your site's broken, uh, you can easily restore 
um, to uh, just before the updates, um, and then figure out after that what exactly caused the the um, the website to break. So that's kind of my my general process. Um, I don't think I'm doing anything crazy abnormal, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what everyone else says. And thank you for joining us for Divi Chat tonight, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I have one thing to add. I have one thing to add. Go ahead, Shannon. So ahead. one thing that we do a little differently is we have a staging site for all of our clients. And for me, that is what the the difference has been to not having any issues from, from the client standpoint is we will upgrade upgrade the staging site first and then see if there's any issues and then if there's no issues we proceed to the live site so that helps us not have to use our backups we certainly do the backups but if you have a site that you can have a staging environment i think that is um that's a huge advantage um, not everybody has access to that but there are some um you know hosting providers that you know do one click um staging environments so you could do that update your staging environment first and then roll it out to your live site yeah, that's a great point. And and just in case anyone's unfamiliar, or if anyone is unfamiliar, a staging site is basically um, a duplicate of your website that you can do tests, you can um, do updates and stuff without affecting the live site. So I use WP Engine, and I don't take advantage of the staging site uh, as much as I should. I, I probably should follow that that method, Shannon. But with one click, you can duplicate your site into a, a different uh, URL and um, perform all the updates, like Shannon said. So that's a yeah, that's awesome. What what host do you guys use for? Uh, uh, we use Flywheel. Oh, okay. So and it's probably more for people who are maintaining client sites. If you're you know maintaining your own, they, it's probably not quite as important because you would know why your own site's down. But nothing's <laughs> worse than doing an update and getting a client call. My site's down. So so Flywheel has uh, one click. Basically, you turn it on and then. Also, one click to push it to um, from production to live. Yeah, that's some of the processes that we do that I learned very early on was to have a live backup. I don't have a staging site. We call it a live backup of the website. We do that for all clients and perform all updates and stuff on the live backup. Very smart. Uh, backups are huge. You know, um, the ability to get your website back quickly in the event that something happens. Anybody wants to talk about that? Um, and then, you know, that's just kind of our procedure. Are y'all hearing a duck? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure. Trying to figure out who has a duck. Where, where are the ducks coming from? But sorry, people. Tim, your dog's really trying to get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> could be a duck. Yeah, I, honestly, I was. He's sitting there laying on the ground. I took him for a run right before, and so I'm. I'm just making sure he's still alive because normally he's not that still. <laughs> so, Sarah, well, ladies, Leslie. Um, um, well, I, I kind of said. Yeah, sorry, Leslie, go for. No, no, no. Go ahead, Olga. Um. All right. Uh, I do similar thing like what David said. I don't actually have a staging site, and my hosting does provide staging um, site environment for my sites. I just haven't tried it yet. But uh, usually, like because the same, I only use DiviZim on all of my sites, and uh, the plugins that I use are very similar on all of the sites as well. So uh, basically, I usually before I update all other sites, I do. Uh, sorry, Sharon. <laughs> Uh, I do have like a 
test like update test one site sometimes it is either yeah like the copy of one site or usually i do um i use my own site as a um, guinea pig and uh, i update it and if everything is fine and nothing is broken then i know that i'm pretty safe to go and update all other sites since they all sit on the same hosting and they have you know similar basically the same environment now I feel bad because my I'll pick a client site to be a guinea pig. I'm not doing it on mine. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I'm like Olga. I am a SiteGround has staging sites and I don't use them. I do recommend them, but the reason I don't is because and and maybe uh, I hope hope it's not like a false sense of security. But I use Updraft Plus. I'm super happy with it. Um, I don't update anything right away. Pretty pretty much anything. Um, especially Divi, especially um, Core, unless it's a security issue. I'll wait at least two days to see what other people are, you know, what people are complaining about, what's, what's broken. Um, and the cool thing that I like about Updraft Plus, and I'm sure the other um, plugins similar to that ha have this, but you can just go in back and restore the, the Divi version from, by pressing one button from one of your backups. So that's the main reason I don't, I just don't need to, because even if I, did use a staging site, I still got to troubleshoot, right, and fix it. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll just wait until the next update so they fix it. Um, because I'm, I'm usually not in development or, or they're, you know, the site's, like, done, um, done, and I don't really need to, I don't need the new feature that they're coming out with because I'm not going to be touching that site for a bit. So, um, but, yeah, so staging site is a good idea, but I'm just admitting that I don't use them. <laughs> and that's a good point. Uh, so I, Go ahead, Sarah. Sorry. I was just going to say, um, I have like different rules for different sites and different rules for different plugins. So like generally I update my sites every day um, and part of that is because my husband is in security and he gets down my neck about keeping sites updated as being the number one way to keep a site secure. Um, and so I... I at least check every day what updates that I have. Um, I'll perform most updates most days. Um, I usually do the procedure of plugins first, then theme, then WordPress, um, which is slightly different to Tim. I don't know why I do that. I kind of assume the plugins will have feature things that then, I don't know. Anyway, that's the order I do it in. Um, and I have WP Engine, so it does daily backups. So other than my sites that have e-commerce, I trust that the backup that happens overnight isn't going to impact. Nothing will have happened between the backup overnight and when I do the updates first thing in the morning. So I don't need to manually do the update unless it's going to be a really big um, thing that I'm quite concerned about. Then I might do a manual backup bef like immediately before I do it. Um, but then I also have different rules for different plugins. So there's things like if it's a WooCommerce update, I won't update it without manually going in and doing it myself. Whereas if it's a update to like a smaller plugin that I know, you know, it's not a major update, it's just a point update, um, then I'll do it through iThemes. So I use, there's a bunch of different ones and the other guys will talk about the ones they use, but I use iThemes Sync for my backups, uh, for my updates, sorry. Um, and so I'll log on to Sync and then you can kind of categorize it by the updates. So I can just go, okay, I'm really happy to update this particular plugin on all my sites. Click one click and it just updates them all 
across all the sites, which is great. But then if I come to like a WooCommerce one or a caching one, then I'll generally try and do that manually within the actual website itself. Um, and in that case, I may hold off or double check that there is no security issues um, and there's no reason that I shouldn't immediately do it. Um, for example, WordPress came out with um, an update itself two days ago. It was a security one. Um, WP Engine automatically sent out the updates. So you didn't have a choice. It got updated whether you wanted it to. But I have two clients who aren't on WP Engine and I had to manually do it. And I made sure I did it that night because they were cross-site scripting um, vulnerabilities, which is really dangerous. So there's like, I think there's a difference between some plugins and other plugins. Some are pretty like, they're not going to have huge issues. They're not going to probably impact very much at all. You're pretty safe just to click it and possibly not even check the site. <laughs> and there's other <laughs> plugins that you have to check that it is okay, that everything is like has gone smoothly, that there's no problems at all. And so I, I just kind of feel like I don't have one method for every site because some sites I've done major customization on. I've mucked around with the functions file or I've done heaps of CSS edits. And then there's other sites that are pretty much diddy out of the box. Like not much is going to go wrong because I haven't changed much. They basically just have the really core plugins of like, you know, just the basic things. And then there's other ones that have all sorts of crazy ones that you just don't know what's going to happen. And those are the ones that I'll make sure I go into staging and just check everything, especially the e-commerce ones, checking Woo before I'm pushing those ones. But then there's those other simple ones where it's really not going to be that big a deal. Yes, I have the backups and yes, I can use the backups, but it's okay just to click update and it'll probably be okay. So is this so, where yeah. I disagree? <laughs> sure. It wouldn't Sorry be a dicky chat with me on it. So I, I just want to make a, a point really quick, not to cut you off, Sarah, but I think that if there's anybody listening that just has one site and they are a DIYer or they're, they're not a developer, and I think there's a lot of people who use Divi who are in that in that boat that it's important for them to to check their site even if it's a minor because unlike you they might be in a situation in four days where they realize something isn't working and they've made a lot of changes over the course of those four days and they could have saved themselves a lot of headache um, by just checking the site so Sarah's like you know a ninja and so if you're not a ninja and you're more like, you know, um, a sumo wrestler, you're going to be logging into your site to do the update. Like there's yeah. no difference between logging into your site than logging into iThemes. So if you have one site, you would be stupid to do it through something like iThemes when it makes just as much sense to log into your site, do the updates, check it's working, go to the yeah. backup if you need to. So absolutely. If you've just got one site and if you don't know, the extent of plugins because some plugins are made by really trustworthy developers and some plugins are not. So it goes back to our conversation of which plugins you install in the first place. That matters when it comes to updates because some people do things well and some people do things really averagely and that is going to kill your site more than anything else. So that's and also important. it could just be a compatibility issue when there's, especially when there's a core update. I find that yeah. you know, within a couple of days, there's also like, you know, 27,000 plugin updates because they're, yeah. you know, keeping course with core. So for that person who is, you know, not, you know, exactly running, you know, an agency and they have one site, 
So I would just say update and check. And that's just my disagreeance for today. I have to disagree at least once. It's a rule now. <laughs> I'm fine with that one. I agree with that. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think one thing that we um, maybe want to clarify and, and talk a little bit to in regards to plugins and updates and, you know, we're using the terms good quality and stuff. And um, I don't really necessarily think that it has a whole lot to do with quality as much as it has to do with the way that the plugins are built to WordPress core. The ones that are um, tend, tend to not have any issues and that you can trust and hitting the update button and, and feel pretty safe are the ones who build their plugins to core WordPress core standards. That's kind of been my experience. One of, one of our plugins, the footer editor, the first one that we ever built, we never have to update this thing because it's built WordPress and the core of, of Divi and there's just not much to it. It's not going to break your site or anything. So um, I think that's one point that that I think is uh, I also want to kind of segue into another form of this topic because we may differ on the the um, the order of the steps that we do, but we're pretty much all doing the same steps when we're updating these sites, backups, you know, on and so forth. What do we do in the event that something goes awry and your site crashes or something happens? Has, in, has this happened to any of you guys? And what do you do to rectify that situation when you make an update? Well, there's a couple of different things that can go wrong. Um, so you, your site can get the white screen of death, for example, um, which sometimes is to do with a few different things so sometimes that can happen because something crashes in between the process of the update starting and the update finishing and there's this little file called dot maintenance that gets put into your core filing system and it gets put there while it does the update and then it gets removed when it finishes the update and sometimes if something kind of crashes midway then that file gets stuck there and you can manually go in and delete that file. For some people, that's going to be a quicker process than reinstalling your backup. But if you're using a backup system that is a one-click restore, that's a far quicker system. So it just depends. Sometimes the crash will happen because a plugin literally conflicted with another plugin and it just completely killed your site. So obviously going restoring back to a backup is going to be the most reliable option but for some people who have the filing system available really quickly and they can just check if that dot maintenance file which is a hidden file so you have to enable hidden files if it's sitting there then you can just delete that and you're good to go again um, but for most people just restoring their backup is going to be the quickest most reliable thing and then maybe you can do your backups a little bit i mean your updates a little bit more slowly where you just pick one plugin to update at a time until you work out which thing broke it and then you can hold off on that thing until it's okay again. That's my thought. And yeah. uh, that reminds me, um, this is kind of related, uh, but I think this kind of goes into the importance of having quality hosting because when I was on really cheap shared hosting at HostGator, um, you know, all the issues of my sites getting hacked aside, one thing I noticed is back or uh, updates would fail. I would have those problems that Sarah just described, like, you know, trying to update a bunch of plugins and then it fails. And it's because the cheap hosting has such limited server resources um, there where it's not able to do that. And so since I've been on 
higher quality hosting with WP Engine, I never have back um, updates that go wrong. Uh, nothing really happens. Um, and so that's kind of the, the benefit of, of having quality hosting. I know that's a whole nother topic that we've actually already covered on Divi Chat, but just kind of reemphasizing the importance of, of having good hosting. That's a good point because a lot really does come around to hosting and people just don't want to accept that and they want to save that $2 a month. But I thankfully uh, don't, I don't have a lot of issues when things break for updating. Um, my biggest advice that I tell people is barring it, be, it being a security update, just wait. There, you know, don't, people are so quick to like, oh my God, a new update, I have to click update. With Divi, we all know by now, it's really not cool to just click update all the time. Um, unless you want to be wasting hours and hours trying to figure out something that they're going to fix eventually. Um, just, I, I say wait a few days if you're in the groups. You can see what's going on. Um, I, just, I just don't really get the whole, the you know, like, oh my god, I got to update. Um, it's okay if you don't. Unless it's a security thing, just wait. <laughs> like, and you're, I swear to you, you're going to save yourself headaches. Yeah, and, like, and that I'm never stressed. <laughs> um, you can look at change logs. So every theme, every plugin yeah. will, will have a list of all the changes that are included in that update. And so you can scan through like a Divi update, for example, and be like, well, those things are very minor. You know, they're all related to the visual editor, for example. I don't use visual editor. I probably don't need this update. Well, and something I want to touch on too, because David had mentioned um, uh, kind of quality plugins and the more trustworthy plugins and uh, y you would think yeah I, I definitely used to think okay well this is a, a, a great plug you know it's a big plugin like gravity forms or WP rocket or something should be fine right they're reputable of course but that's not you know that's not um, really a, a good a metric to go by because uh, recently we were talking about this before WP rocket had an update kind of screwed some things up and they had to update their update. That happened last year with them. In fact, on this on our Divi Chat website, they put out an update, and what it did was disable the plugin. Um, at the time, I didn't have FTP access, so I had to go to Core and be like, "Hey, can you delete the folder? Because now I got to reinstall WP Rocket." Um, so it's not you know just don't go by one general rule like, "Oh well, that's a well-known plugin; it must be fine." Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, yeah, I think no, I absolutely agree with Leslie. Oh, sorry. The <laughs> um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, absolutely agree. Unless it's a absolutely critical um, security update, then I wouldn't rush to update it because if it's not a critical security update, it's all, all it means that the developer of the plugin just did some enhancement or improvement to the plugin. And if your website runs uh, and does what it needs to do with plugin as you have it at the moment, that there is really no reason to update. So yeah, check for a few days. Uh, usually it takes developers a couple days to iron out all the bugs and uh, update later. But the same what I wanted to say, that say um, if your website runs smoothly and then uh, you log in and there is a few updates and you hit uh, the update plugins and your website, you know, you got widescreen of this. Like there is actually, like it's not a big deal. I think uh, most of the time, like the chances are that it will be plugin incompatibility. So whatever plugin you updated, whatever happened, uh, developer did to that plugin now doesn't apply, doesn't just very well either with your theme or doesn't just very well with other plugin. So if you've got widescreen of this and you can't log in on your site, you have to go into your host. And so either you go like login into your host into a cPanel or if not a cPanel, whatever other panel or FTP 
just go in and um, deactivate all the plugins. If the issue is really with updating plugins and plugin uh, incompatibility, then you should be able to uh, log in after disabling all your plugins and just go to plugins, uh, activate plugin one by one and see which one is actually causing the issue. And if you are like really noob, like we all were at some point at a time, <laughs> and uh, you don't know like how to disable uh, plugins on your hosting or you're scared to FTP and don't know what to do there, just call your hosting. Just give them a call and say, look guys, I updated plugins, things went to shit, can you deactivate all plugins? And they will deactivate it for you. So like really, uh, I think that like, there is uh, some people like in the Facebook groups, you know, they active, uh, do updates and they get white screen or sometimes it's not a white screen. Sometimes it's just a string of code goes either at the top or at the bottom that shouldn't be there. And it's all like a panic. And like with uh, WordPress, the beauty of it is that it's kind of complicated, but at the same time simple that if things like that break, it's actually so easy to fix. All you have to do, and if you found the plugin that um, was incompatible, like the thing you can do is I have to then just find another one that works with all the other updates, like replace it. And since goodness, yeah, with WordPress, it's that's easy thing to do. Or just check and see uh, on a forum for that plugin if, you know, there was any bugs and like, chances are other people will experience the same thing and the developer will fix the issue. So you might just deactivate that plugin for a couple of days until there is a new update for it. Well, I just have one other thing. I noticed that a lot of people say, oh, I lost some of my customizations um, when they update. So this really isn't my forte, but I thought maybe Tim could talk, talk a little bit about um, using a child theme um, to, so that you're not losing some of those customizations. Um, you know, I see a lot of times people update their footer and they're like, oh my goodness, I updated and all my customizations are gone. So Tim, not to put you on a spot, but there you go. <laughs> not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, a, that's an excellent point. Um, child themes, for those that are unfamiliar, are a way to make customizations to the PHP files, the JavaScript files, et cetera, um, of a theme and be able to save those customizations uh, and have them not be lost when you update. And so um, basically what the scenario Shannon described is someone might go in and edit the, the footer.php file of Divi and add in their own text or, or whatever, and then they go and update Divi to Divi 3.03 a million, and then um, those changes are gone. And so that happens all the time. And so, um, a child theme is a really important way to keep that from happening. Um, so anytime you're gonna be updating uh, the PHP files in Divi or, or another theme for that matter, or you're updating the JavaScript files, um, you're gonna to wanna to use a child theme. Um, and there's lots of tutorials on how to set up a child theme. There's lots of free, like just basic child themes out there. Um, and so that's really important. One thing worth mentioning though, because I, I see this coming up a lot where, where people think they need a child theme when they don't. If you're just making CSS customizations, you can save those within Divi theme options and the custom CSS box or within the individual page settings. You don't need a child theme for that. Um, I also had someone ask me if they need to use a child theme to use the code module within Divi, and you definitely do not need it for that. The only time you need a, a child theme in, in, in terms of uh, so that you don't risk losing customizations 
is when you're gonna be editing the PHP files or JavaScript files or anything like that. If you're just doing custom CSS and you're gonna put that inside the, the Divi theme options, you do not need a child theme. One thing I would say about that though is you may think you're in that camp when you start and you may do all of your customizations in Divi itself, for example, and then later down the track, you want to add something that does require edits, and then all of a sudden you need a child theme, then that's going to be a little bit of a pain. And installing a child theme is pretty simple. Um, like I think Divi Space, um, SJ's got like this wet, this page you can go to, and you just plug in your information, it like spits out a child theme. Like it's really, really simple. Um, I don't think it's a bad practice to have one even if you feel like you don't need one. And even if it's true that you don't need one, I don't think it's bad practice because it allows you the opportunity later just to change files. And the other thing I would mention is if in the past you were one of those people who did edit the footer, for example, and you have that sitting in your child theme, one thing to keep in mind is when you do an update, if someone like Divi does a major update, which they have in the past, and they change the footer file, you don't have those new footer file in, you actually have to recreate that uh, file, footer.php, that you st you took from the header theme. This is a bit complex. Sorry if I'm going too complex here. <laughs> but you have to recreate that file and make the changes again because most of the time you don't need to. But if they make major changes to that particular file, it can actually wreck your... F like there was a while where I didn't know why my footers weren't working on my sites. And it was because I had updated... Divi itself, but I hadn't um, changed the things in the footer file itself that Divi had changed, and so then it didn't match up properly. So if you have edited files and you have them sitting in your child theme, just keep in mind that if you do an update and then something's not working and you can't work out why it's not working, maybe consider some of the PHP files that you edited. They may, may need a refresh, um, and you may just need to look at that at some point. So... That's just something to keep in mind as well. And one thing I want to say before we get too far away from what Olga was talking about, she brought up a lot of really good points about um, ways to go in and bring your site back in, in the event that something happens. She used the term um, deactivating plugins and stuff, going in through cPanel or through your host and doing this. Or people may not know what you mean by that, and I want to kind of clarify what that means in the process when you go in. When you log into your cPanel and you go into your file folders, um, WP content, your WP admin, you're going to go in and find your plugins folder. I believe it's in WP content folder. You're going to go into the plugins folder. Just simply rename those plugins. If you rename those plugins, if it's plugin dot whatever, rename it to plugin dead dot whatever just rename it to whatever you want and that will deactivate the plugin so you can go one by one deactivating them that way and then when you figure out the culprit go back in back up log into your site go back in and rename those plugins to be named and stuff so i felt like that was something that might get lost on um, some of our um, more novice listeners yeah, that's a really good point. Percent, David. And, and if it's still, um, you know, a bit confusing or overwhelming, at the very least, just do backups. And everything can be fixable after as long as you have that. 
and not just with your hosts. A lot of people only um, will be like, well, okay, well, GoDaddy, you know, stores backups for me or whoever. Um, uh, but always like maybe uh, connect with Updraft Plus or some. I, I'm swear I'm not an affiliate with them, but <laughs> um, but to always have like a second or sometimes even a third place to back up, you know, like uh, to to sync with. Um, one is not enough. Yeah. Um, one thing and I want to check with you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Test your backups. Test you know how to reinstall them for sure. Um, one thing I want to check yeah. with you guys who don't do your updates as often. How do you work out whether or not something is a security update? Like, how do you decide that one plugin is worth holding off on versus another one you know that you need to? Like, do you rely on emails from WordFence, for example, or do you check the change logs every time? And if you do that, where do you do that? Because I think it'd be useful for people to understand how to tell is something a security update or isn't it? Um, because it really matters. If you don't update a plugin that is a security update, you have roughly, but sometimes only 24 hours before the internet is going to be scraped for that old version of the plugin. And then bots are going to start looking for websites that have that insecure plugin. So how do you work out which plugins you need to do now and which ones you hold off on? I'd be interested to hear from you guys. Well, it's the change logs. I think at least for me it's change yeah, logs. Yeah, and, and really I think most of them, definitely Core and Divi will tell you if this is a security <laughs> one. Oh, sorry. Um, kill, kill! <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always found that they will tell you. Um, Divi had a security update last year sometime. Um, as far as plugins, if it's something from the repository, I look at the change log. Um, I see what's there. Occasionally, they might send out Can an email. Can you just explain for people where that is? Like, I just think it'd be useful for when you say change logs, where are they and what do you look for when you look at the change log? Well, like, for instance, for something in the repository, um, a perfect example, on the Divi, Chites, uh, Divi Chat site, we're using a Blueberry, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Blueberry podcast um, the podcast software, whatever, the plugin. Bur um, it has an update. Burberry. <laughs> I like blueberry. But <laughs> but, um, blueberry is easier to say. <laughs> it hasn't had an update. Um, and when you go in the back and you're you're on your plugins page and it'll have, um, you know, they're kind of red, redly shaded or whatever, um, it'll have a little set, uh, link you can click on where it say um, check the changes or it says something like that. And you click on that. You don't update yet. And it'll bring up a little screen, and usually, sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, we'll go here, and you'll, we'll show you." I hate when they do that. Um, but usually, the change log is is just right there. And for instance, Bur Bur Blueberry, whatever, um, said it, it actually had like a little uh, a little whatever like prompts that, that said, "Hey, these are the changes, and actually, if you don't really need these, don't update yet." Which I actually had not seen a plugin tell me that before. But um, but I was like, okay. You're, I mean, if you're if they're gonna put the time into telling me this on on their little change log, then I'm gonna hold off um, until I maybe talk to Corey or somebody who knows this plugin better than me. Um, uh, where I go for things for the repository. Um, as far as I think, some issues may come into play with. There's a lot of Divi plugins out there that are made by you know, just Divi developers, um, they're probably all going to vary with how much they relay to their customers when something's a security issue or how much they even update, how often. Um, that's something that's kind of a gray area in our Divi sphere as far as child themes and plugins. 
not everybody, there's no standard. So you do have to kind of be vigilant about, um, you know, just kind of vetting the, the developer, checking out the groups. Are a lot of people using this plugin or this child theme? Um, you know, don't buy something just because it's super cheap. Chances are if something's, you know, people complain about the higher price child themes, they probably have more skill in how they're preparing that child theme. So that $75 is going to save you a lot of headache maybe, you know, kind of think of it that way too. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's one way that I look. Yeah, I think it's really helpful because <laughs> like, you know, we're saying, you know, hold off unless it's security. So people need to know, like, how do you know that? So I think that's a really helpful practice, especially if people are just doing their own site. They're already in the update area. They're there. They can easily click on that log thing to work out whether or not they feel comfortable doing the update or not. So mm -hmm. good job. <laughs> One thing uh, that this has all kind of reminded me of, um, and that's the importance of maintenance plans. So as freelancers, selling those maintenance plans so that you are the one responsible for updating your client's site and making sure that there's backups and making sure that the updates don't break their site and checking, you know, to make sure that it didn't break the site. Um, and then if you're a, a DIYer or you're just, um, you know, managing your own company website, you know, I'm not saying this because I <laughs> want people to go out and, and hire me to do maintenance, but you might want to consider um, reaching out to a professional just for the maintenance aspect. You know, you still manage the content, but have a professional manage the the technical maintenance side of it because it is complicated. Um, there's a lot we covered tonight, and um, if you're a, a newbie out there, you might be like totally overwhelmed. Like what? Like I have to go learn how to like you know do FTP and cPanel. You know, changing file names, and that, that might be overwhelming. Um, and so that's why, you know, there's professionals that, you know, this is what we do. Um, and so we know how to respond uh, when when something goes wrong and, and how to get the site back up, up and running as soon as possible. Um, and again, I'm not, you know, tuning our own horns so that, you know, people will come by maintenance from us. But um, <laughs> it is a complica complicated thing. And so having a professional manage it can, can definitely be worth the investment. Just to piggyback that. <clears throat> I'm not done yet, David. <laughs> just to piggyback what yes, Tim said. <laughs> good, good, I'm good. Um, just to piggyback what Tim said is some of the tools um, can get costly um, if you're just a solopreneur or an entrepreneur with one website. So some of the tools that you know we might have access to, the subscriptions might be more than what you would pay for a maintenance plan. And I often try to, you know, show some of that to people that we're working with. If you subscribe to this, this, and this, it's going to cost you more than, um, you know, your, your maintenance plan would. So definitely take a look at that. If you're, you're a one to two site person doing it all yourself, running your business, um, looking at somebody who can, who can do that for you and absorb some of those costs. Um, and a lot of times, realistically, the cost to restore something once it's down is so much more expensive than preventive maintenance just like anything out there you know preventing the the action is is cheaper than fixing the action so mm -hmm. just something to to piggyback on what tim said yeah and i've i've heard of um i don't personally do this but i've heard of designers and i kind of want to start doing it where they won't do uh, build a website unless um so i've heard some people doing it where they won't build a website for someone unless they also purchase maintenance from them um, yeah, and then I've, I've also heard other people where they'll say, hey, you don't have to buy it from me, but I'm not going to build it unless you purchase maintenance from someone, um, you know, just to kind of convey the importance of that. You can't be on my server unless you have maintenance. 
period. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> That's different. That's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you, but we also do it in it. We work with a lot of small businesses. So yeah. we also position it as, you know, your maintenance cost is half a monthly maintenance is half the cost of one hour of our time. So when you look at it from a cost analysis as a small business owner, you know, Hey, it's going to cost me one hour of their time to do updates and backups and all that stuff. And it's going to be more expensive than getting on a maintenance plan. So it's always about for the, we're trying to provide some value to the, the client as well. So. Awesome. Well, I think we've done a fantastic job of covering this topic of the procedures of update. Go ahead, Olga. Yeah. Can I just bring a few more points about actual uh, updates and backups that yes. I think uh, I don't know if I miss them or maybe we didn't mention them. The one thing that you should do if you are new or, you know, starting or whatever, like, I mean, um, if you've done updates, it's very good thing to clear your cache on your site. And also if your hosting does caching, would be good to go on the hosting and clear uh, the caching as well. Uh, another uh, uh, point, if you the same kind of a noob uh, is always do updates when uh, it is a low traffic time on your site. So if you've got Google Analytics or whatever other things you track, you know, who is visiting your site and when, pick the time to update, to do all updates when there is uh, less people on your site. Oh, and uh, the last one would be don't do updates when you're in a hurry to go somewhere. So say if you say, oh, I need to go to school, pick up kids in 15 minutes, oh, I've got 15 minutes, I'll just go and update the site. <laughs> don't do it. It's always that time like, you think nothing's going to happen. And then you're like, oh. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're going to be driving to school in a car just thinking, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hit any kids. Not with updates, but like where you just change, like you do, you're building a site or something and or just fixing something and you just think, I'll oh, just change this one last thing before I run out the door. And that's always a thing that like breaks the site. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Does anybody have any other other things that they want to bring up that we missed? Mm, no, I'm writing, I'm writing all this down. There will here's be a my, PDF this time. I promise. There, here's my one takeaway from this. Pardon? Go ahead. You were going to say something? Uh, well, uh, um, yeah, I kind of feel like uh, we probably didn't talk a lot and I don't know if it's good to talk this time or perhaps we should make another episode. But we didn't talk much about uh, updates that done um, with uh, things like Leslie uses infinite. Uh, oh, remote, uh, remote updating. Yeah, yeah, the remote updates. Like I use uh, manage WP. So we like and um, uh, Sarah uses the, uh, I think. I think. Yep, so I think all so. those. Yeah, so all those updates are uh, remote updates. And uh, like, I don't know how other works, but with uh, Manage WP, uh, if you have a lots of site, uh, lots of sites to update uh, as a developer, like yeah, if you are DIY or you just have uh, your own business site done that you're uh, looking after yourself, then perhaps this is not for you. But if you are starting a business, as a, a web design company, then definitely have a look into all these uh, platforms that help you to manage all your sites in one uh, 
in one place. Like with managed WP, it's so easy because when I log in, I can actually sync all my sites that own and that I maintain, and it tells me exactly what plugins needs to be updated and what themes need to be updated, and uh, if WP call files need to be updated. And you can, I can pick and choose whether I want just update plugins and or what plugins I want to update, and then after that I update theme and uh, uh, double WordPress call is always last <laughs> as a rule. Yeah, I have to. I'm embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to admit that I did not actually do any get into remote updating until I had like 40 or 50 sites. It was ridiculous. Like I was logging into all of them. Oh I don't know why. God. It just hadn't occurred to me to even look for something out there, and I felt like an idiot. But yeah. <laughs> but aren't they just make your life so much easier? And you just feel like, oh my gosh, why haven't I done it earlier? Yeah. There are people who ask about that in the group. So there are there are people who have a, a decent amount of. I'm not alone. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and if you're looking at it, um, I don't know if the other ones do this, but in iThemes, you can look at the change log within um, iThemes Sync itself. So like when it shows you all the updates, it also has the little change log button. So you can check the change log there, and then choose whether or not to update that particular thing. And iThemes gives you the first ten sites for free. So if it's one that you're wanting to test out, it's a good way to test it out for free. Or if you know you're going to have under 10 sites, like maybe you've just got five sites in your business or something, then that's not a bad one to get going for free. I think Manage WP and WP Main, Main WP, main I think WP. those ones are free, aren't they? Uh, I, I had trouble with Main so, WP. Um, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. But I do want to say really quickly, um, only because it, I, Clients have come to me when they get a redesign or whatever. Um, if you hire, if you don't maintain your own site and you don't really know what's going on with your site, but you hire somebody to maintain it, make sure they're maintaining it. And I don't think a lot of people know how to ask or how to do that. Ask for some kind of proof. If I have a client that asks me, you know, hey, what's going on in the back, and I'm not even touching it, um, I, I see that a lot. The people are paying thousands of dollars, and the maintenance people are, are not doing jack shit on your site. Um, you're on the old WordPress core, you're like at, you know, 4.4 or something. Um, you need to start, you ha hold them accountable. Um, you can ask for a screenshot of the site, see how many websites, if you want to get some sort of access. It's entirely, it, it should be, I don't know, it's in, you know, it depends on the contract, but you should be well within your right to ask for proof if you're paying for a service like that. Um, so I, I just get really pissed off because I see a lot of people get duped with maintenance plans. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> And on that front, if I'm honestly not trying to push I think sync, but if um, you are running a business and you want to be able to provide that proof, um, I think sync pro lets you produce monthly reports. So you can produce a report that then emails to your clients that says, these are all the updates that happened in the last month. And you can even like have Google analytics stats in there and you can have all sorts of stats in your so the money that you spend on something like upgrading to pro, it can give you uptime reports, Google Analytics reports. It can show your clients what you're doing to update their site. And it just might help justify the money they're spending with you for not a lot yeah. of effort. Yeah. yeah. I use iThemes Sync as well. And another additional benefit is um, if you're using... Uh, a backup buddy, which is made by iThemes, you can do remote backups within iThemes Sync. And so you can back up and then do the updates all remotely. And it's a beautiful thing. 
I will third iTheme Sync because that is what we use in Aspen Grove Studios. <laughs> we are not affiliates, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we're not affiliates. You will Maybe not we should affiliate. throw well, We might be, links. but we're not throwing links at you. That's what yeah, I'm there you go. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to iThemes.com slash AFF slash Tim Stryfer 1357. Just kidding. So I don't actually have an affiliate account with them. No. And try yeah. it for free first. Always try things for free first. Yeah. See if you yeah, like them. Because sometimes yeah. it's just about your personality. It's not about a lot of the different products do the same things, but it's about working out what works for you. So don't ever feel like we're pushing a product on you because it's the best, best, best. Sometimes it's just what works best for us. So sometimes it's the best though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's it's what we have eventually landed on after trying out all after the other things. Crappy stuff, yeah. True. True. <laughs> Corey, Corey Miller, we do love your product. So we just <laughs> Corey is the founder of iThemes. I don't love yeah, Backup yeah. Buddy, Corey. Throwing all those things out, out. I do not Maybe. love Backup Buddy, actually. I just, dropped, I just dropped something. Hold on a second. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you just want to show how many people you know. We know. This is like the third <laughs> time that I've... Do we have any more parting thoughts? <laughs> No. 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 My brain's this though. Wine's <laughs> empty. It's time to go. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon logged out a while ago. <laughs> no, Shannon needs to leave us without the parting thought. <laughs> Shannon, you I need to we... leave us with your parting thought, which is no matter how you're doing your updates, back up. It all comes down to two words. <laughs> back up. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Well, to another episode of Divi Chat. Head on over to our website, divi.chat, and check out the show notes. All of the things that we've discussed in the show, we're going to put in the show notes. And I believe Leslie said that we're going to have a PDF yes. download that. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, if, if you like the show, review on iTunes. And uh, that's how we get moved up in the podcast rankings and how people find yeah. us. So. If, if, uh, if you're enjoying what we're doing, we would love to get some shout-outs from you on iTunes. Um, we read every one. So. And if you don't love what we're doing, don't review us. Try <laughs> Just go. WP, the podcast. <laughs> and remember, leave your questions and comments in the sections below in the or chat below the show notes. Tune in next week as we tackle another topic geared to help you improve your WordPress and Divi development and business. Thanks again for tuning in and listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.